Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 through 15. It's several preachers, passages, but let's read them together. And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine, that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked him of his wife. And he said, She is my sister. For he feared to say, She is my wife. Lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out at a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah his wife. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold of a surety, she is thy wife. And how saidst thou, she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. And Abimelech said, What is this thou hast done unto us? One of the people might lightly have lain with thy wife, and thou should have brought guiltiness upon us. And Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He that toucheth this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land, and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great, and went forward, and grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks, and possessions of herds, and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Can you say amen? Look at verse 12. It says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Hallelujah. Remain standing, we're going to pray, but for the next few moments, I want to talk to you from the subject, Breaking the Cycle of Pain. Breaking the Cycle of Pain. Look at somebody and say, tonight it breaks. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this place. Let your anointing move sovereignly and sacredly. Walk up and down the aisles from tier to tier, from level to level. Find those people who are standing on a pivotal point of destiny.
time of transition and change and redirection. You've brought your people to a turning point. After this, the blessing of the Lord is going to flow like rain. Many have come through great struggles and tests and trials to be where they are tonight and wondered why did I have to go through what I had to go through to be here. But I thank you, Lord, that you kept us. Even if you didn't deliver us, you kept us. Even if you didn't stop the problem, you kept us. Even if we had to cry, you kept us. Even if we were burdened, you kept us. Even if we were secretly depressed, you still kept us. Now, God, I know you kept us for a purpose. Now, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would make us to know that this is the time that the pain is broken and the blessing of the Lord begins to flow. Holy Ghost, have your way tonight. Move and touch and heal. Speak to somebody. We don't have time to entertain. Speak to somebody tonight in Jesus' name. Somebody open your mouth and give God five minutes of praise. Come on. in this place. I feel your glory, Lord. My God, we thank you. Somebody just shout out any kind of praise. Just... You must understand that life has a way of taking you through perilous times. Transitions and traumas, adversities, crisis, good days and bad days. I don't care how clean you live and how righteous you are, you're going to have trouble sometimes. Life has a way of being its own schoolmaster. Over a period of years, without any college classes, courses, books, or tapes, life will teach you something. I can remember being around the old folks, and some of them hadn't gone past the fifth grade or the sixth grade. They spoke broken English and didn't know a verb from an adverb or an adjective, but they had a hidden wisdom. Because after you lived a long time, you wise up a little bit. Just, just by virtue of staying here on the planet, 
of surviving good days and bad days, of seeing the sequence of life. You soon learn that life has its own pattern and it has its own rhythm. If you are a connoisseur of life, you observe all things. You learn from all people. You learn from all life's events. And after a while, you start drawing conclusions. When you start drawing conclusions, you draw them not for the benefit of judging other people, but you draw conclusions in the hopes that you might begin to understand what life is all about. I will never forget going to the Jackson State Hospital when my father was terminally ill, the final moments of his life, Jackson, Mississippi. He was down there uh, being tested, had gone through all types of kidney uh, problems and renal failure and heart had weakened and body had just gotten worn and I walked in the hospital room to see him and he said to me, he said, son, by the time I figured out what life was all about, it was time to go. Shortly after that he died and those words haunted me the rest of my life because I walked out of that room saying to myself, I've got to figure it out quicker than he did. I can't spend my whole life trying to figure out what it's all about and then finally understand it and die. I've got to understand the, the pattern and the methodology of what life is all about. And so I began to, to draw up some things on paper and, and different things that I explored and different things that I tried in life and sin and debauchery. And I said, I tried that, but that wasn't it. And I, I dabbled in this, but this wasn't it. I, smoked a cigarette, but that wasn't it. I got some liquor, but that wasn't it. I slept with somebody, that, that wasn't it. I, I got a little money, but that wasn't it. I start marking things down, trying to understand what is it all about? I don't mind telling you, I tried a whole lot of things before I start drawing any conclusions. A lot of people like to act like they've never done anything or never tried anything. But I searched through a whole lot of things before I got to Jesus. I'm not talking about church. I've been in church all my life. I'm talking about Jesus. There is a distinct difference between knowing church and knowing Jesus. Finally, you begin to understand I've got to get down to the conclusion of the whole matter. I've got to understand what is going on. And I begin to understand that life operates in cycles. It operates in cycles and stages and seasons. It, it goes full circles. There are sequences of events and it depends on what cycle of life you're in, what you're able to do. And if you don't understand cycles, you'll miss your blessing. You only have a certain time period to do anything and you have to do it in time. That's why the Bible warns us, uh, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. You don't have time to spend years contemplating your next move because you are only able to do it in a certain season, in a certain time frame. Well, let me give you my blessing is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth fruit, not whenever he gets ready to, but he bringeth forth fruit in his own season. 
You, you, you've got to catch the cycle. You've got to do it in season. You can't, you can't do it in the winter of your life. You can't do it in the autumn of your life. You've got to know when it's time for you to do it. And you've got to flow with that cycle because if you miss that turn, life has to go all the way around again before you get an opportunity to be that effective again. If you ever understand that, it will cause you to change how you deal with people. Because people and what they say will cause you to miss your season. And if you understand that you have to wait, you can't just do God's work, God's will, God's, God's power, man, anytime you want to. You have to do it in season. And if you fool with people, you'll miss your season and get stuck in a holding pattern. And you may have to wait five years, six years, seven years, ten years before you get the option to get that kind of release again. Tell somebody, tell them, it's my turn. That means when I, when I recognize it's my time to get a breakthrough, excuse me for being radical, I, I might do, I might even do like the woman with the issue of blood and start crawling through the crowd. I might scream like blind Bartimaeus. I might do something radical because I don't want to go through this cycle again. Most people who got a miracle in the Bible, they got it because they move quickly. All over through the Bible it says, make way immediately, straightway, suddenly. You have to move right then. One man sat by the pool 38 years because he kept missing the cycle. The Bible says at a certain season, the angels came down and troubled the water, but he was too slow to step into the water, and he had to wait full cycle before that anointing came to do that again. The reason some of you are frustrated right now is that every time God gets ready to bless you, the enemy sends something in your way to cause you to miss your turn, and now you got to go full Some of us are so radical, and I know we get on your nerves, we shout too loud, we dance too hard, we, we stand up and you can't see around us, and you're trying to look real important because you got a few members in your church, and we keep jumping all over top of you, but it's because we don't want to miss our cycle when it's our turn to be blessed. You might better move out from beside me tonight. Because I can tell your image is important to you. You might better move from around me because this is my moment and I got to have it. The galaxies operate through cycles. The heavenlies operate through cycles. The seasons operate through cycles. Mating operates through cycles. The human body operates through cycles. There are cycles in the spiritual realm, cycles of blessings and cycles of pain. And anytime you're going to alter destiny, you've got to break that cycle. If you're in a state of blessings, the reason the enemy wants to tempt you with sin is because he wants you to do something to break the cycle of blessings in your life. 
Have you ever got in a cycle of blessings and, and just everything you touched, God blessed it. Everything you did, God blessed it. Everywhere you went, God blessed it. Everything you applied for, God blessed it. Everything you said I wanted, God blessed it. And the enemy hates for you to get in a cycle of blessing. He'll send anybody, any word, any discouragement, any fear, any frustration to break your cycle of blessing. He wants you to come outside and play. He wants you to have a temper tantrum. He wants you to become a hysterical because he wants to break the cycle of blessings in your life. But that devil is a liar. That devil is a liar. Look at Genesis 1 and 11 for just a moment. I'm going to show you a couple of passages of scripture and I'll be out of your way. There's a cycle. There's, there's a strategy that the enemy has. He, does, he doesn't do anything haphazardly. There's a cycle. There's a cycle to blessings. There's a cycle to frustrations. If you start charting your frustration, you'll see that it has a certain course. It has a certain methodology. Certain things happen, cause you to react in certain ways. When certain things were said, you reacted in a certain way. There's a cycle to it. Everything operates on a cycle. Genesis 1.11 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the earth yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his time whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. God didn't creep. Every time God gets ready to make grass, He doesn't come down and say, let there be grass. He creates it one time, and once He creates it, it starts a cycle. And once the cycle is set into motion, it can go on for years and years and years and years and years, if you understand the cycle. And the cycle is based on the premise of a seed, that everything in life reproduces after its own time. That's why the Apostle Paul counseled the early church that when you mark people and find them not to be of the faith, he said, put them out. I know we don't do it anymore, but he said, disconnect this fellowship, disassociate it, because Paul understood cycles. And when you start getting corruption in your church, he said, a little leavening, leavening the entire lump, anything that's in there will reproduce after its own time. A black man can't produce a Japanese baby. You can only reproduce what you already are. And whatever's in you is going to be birthed somewhere in your life. And listen at me, Pastor, if you want to break the cycle of gossip and hatred and malice and strife in your church, somewhere in your church, there's a, there's a plant, there's a plant that the enemy planted somewhere in that choir, somewhere on that usher board, somewhere on that board, somewhere on that committee, something is giving birth in your church that's about to drive you crazy, but you can break the cycle. Tell somebody, say, break it! Jealousy reproduces after its own kind. Hypocrisy reproduces after its own kind. Envy reproduces after its own kind. And in order to reproduce, you gotta have a partner. And that's why like people always get together. The gossips always meet the gossip. I don't care if you got 20,000 members in 
your church. If a liar comes in your church, they'll find the other liar in that church. They'll get together. They'll start coming to church together. Oh, you don't hear what I'm And they'll start having house meetings and prayer meetings and Bible classes in the car and coffee shop prayer services. And yeah, they'll get some people born, but the fruit that is born will look just like the parent that birthed it. I'm not going to meddle with that. While you're in Genesis, run on over to the 8th chapter, the 22nd verse, and let's look at that. Look at somebody say, it's going to break. That old devil trying to start something, but it's going to break. Genesis 822 said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. All the writer is saying is as long as there's an earth, there's going to be cycles. There's going to be cycles. Some of you missed your blessing last time. And the devil's telling you it's over, but the devil is alive. If you just wait on the Lord and renew your strength and mount up on wings like eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint, you're going to get another chance. Tell somebody, tell them, this time I'm going all the way. Everything has a cycle. Everything has a cycle. Going back to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, I'll show you something quickly. The creation operates on a cycle. In the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, it says, This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them. Somebody say blessed. See, whatever God does, there's a blessing on it. Whatever we do, it's not blessed. But if it's God, there's a blessing on it. Quit doing things and asking God to bless you. Get on your knees and ask God, what is he doing? Because whatever God is already doing, it's already blessed. God ain't going to bless your program. God's going to bless his program. So if you want to be blessed, all you got to do is get in the program that he's already got going. Because whatever God does, whatever God births, whatever God creates, whatever God speaks is already blessed. That's why the devil hasn't been able to curse you. Because if God said, let there be in your life, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. So three people tell him, I'm already blessed. Get a clue, baby. I'm already blessed. I'm not blessed when the check comes. I'm blessed while I'm waiting on the check. I'm not blessed when the lump disappears. I'm blessed while the lump is still there. I'm blessed. God created Adam in his likeness and in his image. A blessed God creates a blessed son. Ephesians chapter 1 talks on and on about how God has blessed us 
and given us all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. He's already blessed us because he is blessed. You can bless and reproduce after his own kind. And Adam was blessed, but the devil stepped in to break the cycle. That's why he got down in the garden. He wanted to break the cycle of blessings in Adam's life. And through a seed of discourse and rebellion, he got in there and broke the cycle. And the likeness of God was broken when man fell in the sin. Look on down in this second verse of Genesis 5. Male and female created he them and bless him and call their name Adam in the day when they were created. Verse 3, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. If Adam would have had a son before he failed, then he would have passed the blessing that was on God that went to him would have passed to his son. But because he waited till he was fallen to reproduce, he could only reproduce what was already in him. And by the time he got ready to have a son, the father was cursed. And anytime the father is cursed, the son is going to be cursed. There's no way that a cursed father can produce a blessed son. That's why when Paul talks about sin, he talks about sin entered into the world. It wasn't always there. It had to enter in some way. It was knocking at the door, trying to way of, find a way of access to get in. Because God had a circle of blessings set up for his people. And sin had to get in to break the cycle of blessings. And when it did, it caused a cycle of cursings and brokenness that perpetuated itself from generation to generation. Nobody has to teach your child how to lie. Nobody has to teach your child how to steal. Nobody has to teach your child how to be a hypocrite. Because the sin curse passes from generation. The sins of the father passing down to the son. And on and on and on. Until after a while, if I look at your family tree long enough, I can just about tell what your children are going to have to deal with by looking at what you have to deal with. Because the devil don't have nothing new. He just keeps taking you back to the same cycle. Again, again, and again. But touch somebody and tell them we're going to break it tonight. I never will forget when my mother and father would go driving in the car. And they'd be going somewhere, and you know how men are. We like to always act like we know where we're going. And my mama called him, Ernest says, she said, Ernest Sell, look like we should have been there by now. He said, oh, woman, I know where I'm going. She wouldn't say nothing. We kept right. She said, Ernest Sell, something's wrong with this. This don't even look like the place at all. Day. Oh, woman, I know, I know what I'm doing. When she got said, she said, if you know where you going, how come that's the same boy that was eating the ice cream cone five minutes ago? We just passed him again. You know what she was saying? She was saying, baby, you're driving, but you're going around and around and around. And so anytime you keep seeing the same things happen in your life from year to year, attracting the same kind of men into your life, going through the same crisis on your job, going through the same confusion with this husband that you had with your ex-husband, married the same kind of crazy woman you had 10 
Tell somebody, tell them, this looks like a cycle. One man said, we have compassed about this mountain long enough. Some of us are tired of seeing the same things, dealing with the same people, going through the same problems, dealing with the same crisis over and over again. We might have to go through some new problems, but for God's sake, let it be a new problem. I'm tired of stumbling over the same weakness year after year. It's got a break. tripping over this. My mama tripped over it. My grandma tripped over it. My aunt tripped over it. My uncle tripped over it. My granddaddy tripped over it. I'm tired of tripping over this. I may trip over something else, but I refuse to trip over the same thing. Generation after generation, generation after generation, the devil is a liar. We're going to break this cycle before it gets to my son. I'm going to blessing applied to Abraham's life. God talks on and on about how he has blessed him, caused him to be a blessing, how he made his name great, how he would bless them to bless him and curse them to curse him. See, when you're blessed, it, it's, it's good to bless somebody who's blessed. It's good to be nice to somebody that's blessed. If you can't build them a room like one would have did, just give them a glass of water. Because God said, I will bless them that bless you. 
and I will curse them that curse you. I don't care how mad you get. Don't ever let the devil trick you into cursing somebody that God is blessed because God said I will curse. You ain't got to fight. You ain't got to argue. You ain't got to defend yourself. If the anointing is on your life, God said the battle is not yours. baby don't do that don't do that don't do that darling don't do that no i know you're frustrated i know i stepped on your pocketbook but don't curse me i know i'm sitting on your hat girl but don't curse me i know you wanted your sister to sit here but don't curse me because there's a blessing on my life and god said i will curse them that curse you If you're sitting beside somebody that's blessed, just say something nice to them. Just bless them. Tell them you look good. I'm glad for you. I want you to make it. I want to be strong. Just bless them. I dare you to bless them. You'll get blessed. Just bless them. If you just try to bless them, a blessing will come back and slap you in the face. If you can say anything to encourage them, whatever you send out, Whatever you do, don't curse me. Don't curse me. Don't do that. I don't want to have to pray that off for you. I don't want to have to pray that off for you. I don't want to have to do like Moses and pray leprosy off. Don't do that. Don't do that. You might not understand me, but don't curse me. You may not like my suit, but don't curse me. You may not like my socks, but don't, don't, no, 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 don't, 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 don't,
You make a face of this, it comes right back to you. You open your mouth against this, it comes right back to you. You bless this, it's going to come right back to you. If you try to encourage me, there's no way you can encourage me and not be encouraged yourself. If you know much about your Bible at all, you know that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob become the patriarchs for the Old Testament church. They set a precedence of excellence that perpetuates itself from generation to generation. That's why God started the lineage with one man and blessed it. Said, I'll make your name great. Cause you to be a blessing. Never be jealous of somebody that God blessed. Because whenever God blesses one person, he blesses it for the multiple of people. That ultimately all people are blessed. Some of you suffered some terrible things to get the ministry you got right now. But at the end of your suffering, God released you into another realm of blessing. And the blessing wasn't just for you. As you get up and declare that word, all kinds of people are going to be blessed through the things that you suffered and endured. That's why the enemy tried to kill you. It wasn't just over you. It was over the generations that are in your womb. The enemy knew that if you ever got resurrected and reproduced after your kind, that when you birth a son, that son won't have to go through what you went through because you already went through it in advance. Look at somebody and tell them, I came from good stock. I didn't come from no junk. Abraham was blessed, and yet he had a weakness. Funny how the church never talks about that. The dichotomy of life. Isn't it amazing how you can be blessed? And still not be perfect. Spiritual and still human. Isn't it amazing how you can be anointed and go home and be depressed? I know y'all don't know. Isn't it amazing how you can encourage other people and secretly be discouraged yourself? Isn't it amazing how you can believe God for somebody else's ministry and come home and look at yours and say, can these bones live again? When you read about Isaac and Gerard, he's down there with Rebecca. And they ask him, is she his wife? And he says, no. She my sister. And he lied. He was anointed, but he lied. He was gifted, but he lied. He was a patriarch, but he lied. He perpetuated the seed of Israel, but he lied. And I'm not shocked that he lied, because I've been around some church folks. If it was just that, that he lied, I wouldn't even preach on it, because within 10 seats from you, there wouldn't be no need in preaching on something that you've experienced all the time. 
that, that wouldn't make a real good message. But, but the thing that's unique about him lying is that he, we've heard this lie before. This is the same lie in the same place that his father had told one generation before. One thing I want to compliment both the father and the son for marrying women so fine that they felt the need to lie. They had a whole lot in common, but, but the other thing Y'all can say whatever you want to. I just want to, I want to see Sarah. I don't mean no harm. I just want to, anybody that old and still look so good up in her 80s and you still afraid to tell anybody she your wife. I, I mean, I see some nice looking 80 year old women, but I ain't never seen nobody 70, 80, 90 years old that was so fine that I was scared. I just want to, oh, I want to see genetics and some say it's environment and the, those who support the genetic concept say that we pass it on through our genes from one generation to the, to the other but the other say no 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 it's not genetics it's totally environment that when we're raised in certain environments we perpetuate certain types of weaknesses based on the environment in which we were sired and I would agree with the environmentalists because I have seen people who were not genetically related but yet repeated the same personality characteristics of the environment from which they were spawned. But I have to hold up a minute because it couldn't have totally been environment because Isaac wasn't even alive when his daddy told a lie. He didn't hear him do it. He wasn't raised up around it, and even though he wasn't even there yet, in the next generation, here he repeats the exact same lie that his father told, though he never heard his father tell it. Now I'm amazed. How could this son duplicate the same sin of his father. This is the cycle. Anytime you can follow a pattern down to a family or a church or a business, it's a cycle. Every so often, comes up again. It's like, how could Isaac repeat his father's sin except the sins of the father were passed 
I want to tell you something tonight that is very significant. Every one of you in this room must hear this. Sometime or other, before your life is over, you have got to fight your daddy's devil. It may not be this year. You may not even need this right now, but get the tape and put it in a drawer somewhere. Sooner or later, the same thing that came against him, whether it's your daddy in the ministry or your natural daddy or the environment that you assigned, that same thing will come against you. It's a you got any Bible for that? Yes. I just told you about Abraham and Isaac. Look at David. Look at David. David, anointed David, King David, victorious David, but he had a little weakness with Bathsheba. You know about David's stuff. David had such a sexual weakness in his life that when he got old and they threw a woman in his bed and he didn't do anything, they said, the king is dead. Read it. It's in there. They said, oh, he's dead. And they started mourning. And guess what? He had a son named Amnon who raped his daughter named Tamar. And he had another son named Solomon who had wisdom, but he had so many concubines and so many women that it led to his destruction. And so many women that it led to his destruction. What Solomon didn't know is that this wasn't a fresh devil. This was his daddy's devil coming back up against him again and somewhere in your life. It may be a devil of poverty. It may be a devil of depression. It may be a devil of frustration that makes you throw your hands up and say, I quit. I'm tired of working on this. It may be a devil of insecurity. It may be a devil of a physical affliction. But somewhere in your life, you have got to roll up your sleeves and fight. Your dad is devil. Ask your doctor. Used to be when you went to the doctor, all he did was examine you. Now when you go to the doctor, he wants to ask you about your mama. Did your grandmama have high blood pressure? Did your grandfather have kidney disease? He starts asking you about dead people, people you don't even know. He wants a medical history of your past because he can look at what your grandfather went through and tell you what you are more likely to go through because it ain't nothing. But a cycle. That old devil coming against you been around a long time. It may be a giving up devil, a quitting devil, a devil of loneliness. Some of you are dealing with the devil of depression. Some of you can look all through your family and see poverty. Your aunt don't have nothing. Your uncle don't have nothing. 
Mama never had nothing. Daddy worked all of his life, never had nothing. Now you're struggling working overtime and undertime. You can't hardly get your hands on nothing. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But the doctor knows that if he can follow the cycle, he says, oh, you, you're prone to cancer, you're prone to diabetes, you're prone to so-and-so. He knows that if he can find it out soon enough, he can break the cycle and stop the enemy from doing what he wants to do. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? If you don't break it, it will threaten you all of your life. And the devil will start bragging and say, you know, your mama died of cancer. And you're going to die too. And, and I don't care how much faith you got. You in the shower and rubbing yourself, just, just nervous, looking, trying to see if there's any lobster. Because the devil has been telling you all of your life that you were going to die like your mama did. But touch somebody, tell them the devil is a liar. I feel God wanting to break through some fear and some threats of the enemy where the enemy threatened you and said, your house broke up. Now your child's house is going to break up. You didn't get nothing. They're not going to get anything. Your daddy was broke. You're going to be broke. But God gave you the Holy Ghost to break the cycle in your life. Somebody shout, enough is enough. My father built a business, a janitorial service. He built it, started with a mop and a bucket. Built it up to 50-some, 60-some employees back in the 60s. And hardly anybody of our color was going into business. All these trucks and contracts. By the time he built it up to any size, he was about 280, 280, 290 pounds. By the time he built it up to any size, he got sick and went down to 130 pounds. His blood pressure was 280 over 240. His legs had swollen up till they looked like elephant legs. You could touch them and leave the print of your finger in his, in his legs where his blood pressure had scarred his kidneys and his kidneys had quit functioning and he got sick and everything went from high all the way down to nothing and I can still see him trembling where he got so sick that he was nervous. Have you ever had pain that was so bad it made you tremble? He was sick and finally died and guess what? Here I come along the next generation, start in a ministry, start building the ministry, build it up to what God told me to build it up to. All of a sudden I looked around, here my legs start swelling up, my blood pressure starts going up. Guess what the devil said? He said, it's time for me to get you, just like I got your daddy. I said, hey, ho, devil, you got to... to work with that daddy didn't have to work with. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I find your power in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes! I started anointing myself with oil. I changed my eating habits. I jumped on the track and started running. I was running in the name of Jesus. I said it ain't over till God says Jesus! Somebody shout yes! 
seven people say, break the cycle, break it, break it, break the cycle. Break it, break it, break it. It's a setup, but you can break it. It's a setup, but you can break it. It got your mama, but you can break it. It got your daddy, but you can break it. It got your sister, but you can break it. It's after your trust, but you can break it. It's after your marriage, but you can break it. It's after your joy, but you can break it. It's after your peace, but you can break it. It's tied up your money, but you can break it. Put it out of your house. Put it out of your marriage. Put it out of your church. Confuse that devil in the name of Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a praise.
And you know you was abused when you was a child. And you talk to your mama and you find out mama was abused. And one day Aunt Lizzie comes hopping in the kitchen and says, when she was a little girl, she was abused too. And now the enemy is trying to shut up your daughter. That's why you ain't got time to be running around trying to be cute, acting like princess died. There's a war going on. And when you see the devil trying to get your children, you might as well throw them gloves in the floor and say, wait a minute.
a seed. And what blew my mind is that the Bible Good God Almighty. Hi! See, I'm breaking some cycles in my life. Hey, yeah. Cycles are set up by the devil. Every time you break one, you ought to get happy. Every time you survive one, you ought to rejoice. Every time you come out, you ought to praise God. Every time they curse you, but God bless you, you ought to go into a dance. Good Can you imagine the devil laughing? Saying, ain't he stupid? I'm messing with his marriage. And there he is giving an offering. I'm messing with his mind. There he is giving an offering. I messed up his reputation. And that dummy is giving an offering. But the enemy... Had he read Genesis 8.22, he would have understood that the only way you can break a cycle is with a blessed seed. If you get a blessed seed, you can start a new harvest. That's why when the first man Adam started a curse, God sent the last man Adam to reverse the curse. Look at somebody and say, bring out. He took a seed. And he sowed the seed. He said, I'm in trouble, but I'm going to give. I'm backed up against the wall, but I'm going to give. See, he knew his father was blessed. And he needed to be able to move from Abraham's cursings into Abraham's blessings. If you had time, sometimes you'll read that Abraham had all kind of wells that had been covered up with dirt. He said, Daddy left me a blessing somewhere. Look at somebody tell him I got a blessing somewhere. Tell him I have not seen.
He's going to show you where the blessing is. You can't find the well if you don't obey the Lord. But if you obey Him before this year is out. This is what He's going to do. He's going to say, dig right here.
That's what we're going to break. That cycle. Where you've been going around in circles. That thing is going to break. Now listen. We're going to break some stuff. But I don't want, I, I, I want you to find somebody. I want you to inspect who you're sitting around. And find somebody who wants it broken as bad as you do. Look for somebody. this ground first. Whoever you saw around you who acts like they want it like you want it, take it by both hands. Look in between those two hands and tell them, say, neighbor, we're going to sow it right here. We're touching and agreeing. We want the same things. We're going to break that cycle over our finances, over our family, and over our future. We're going to break it this year. Squeeze them hands right now.
has a meeting. God's going to break yokes of death. Yokes of fear.